What inspired me to make this course is that as a teacher, I was never really satisfied with anything out there. And then once I started, I thought, why not make it with a video so that people can really learn on their own? And if they want to take lessons, it's good too, but at least they can get a very solid foundation by themselves. It starts from the very beginning. Turn your head to the left slightly, bring your flute to your head, don't bring your head to your flute, be careful with that. I'm going to take you from the very beginning. You don't have to practice always while you're blowing in the beginning because you don't see your fingers and sometimes for beginners it's a bit confusing so it's okay to also just practice moving your fingers by themselves. We're going to take each lesson piece by piece. 16th notes, you have four of them in one quarter note. And they go like this, tiri 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 tiri, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. So you have four in one beat, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. This is the way I teach my students, making sure that the foundations are solid so that you can become a good musician. Ah! You can also do it like that, just change the way you support the air. And above all, having the joy to play music. And after that, once you're comfortable with it, you can do it all at, at once, like B, D, B, D, B, G, B, G, G, E, G, E, F, A, F, A, G, B, G, B, A, C, A, C, D, C, B, A, G, F, E, B, at the speed that you can control. I'm Amélie Bradard, and these are your 15 first flute lessons. Hi, and welcome to the Flute Talk Podcast, where we talk about all things flute, live here on Patreon. What is Patreon? Patreon is a place for fans like you to come and support creators like us. So why not join us over on Patreon and help us continue to make great content? The Flute Talk Podcast is also brought to you by the Flute Center of New York. The Flute Center of New York has the world's largest selection of flutes. If you need to buy a flute or piccolo, the Flute Center of New York has you covered. With our code TFC at checkout, you can try up to three to four flutes for up to 10 days, have an extended 18-month warranty, and free shipping worldwide. So be sure to go to the website flutes4sale.com. So that's flutes4sale.com, flutes4sale.com. Just be sure to use that code TFC for all those perks, and a little bit of that does go our way. Another sponsor is, well, ourselves. We have a store. If you haven't noticed yet, we have a store over at store.theflutechannel.com. We have some shirts and posters and things like that over at Teespring. So you can definitely go there and get some merch, posters, whatever you like that we have. It will be there. You probably noticed it under our videos. If you're interested, be sure to go to store.theflutechannel.com. That helps us out immensely. So yeah, on with the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Flute Talk Podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm Emily. Hi, this is the show that we do once a month. We uh, come and talk to you guys live on YouTube and uh, answer some of your questions and talk a little bit about uh, subject matter that's been brought up for uh, the m during the month. So uh, this month, it's uh, January, end of January now. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And Happy New Year to everybody else. Uh, you can also leave questions in the comments if you're listening in uh, live, or you can, uh, if you're not, and you want to leave a question for in a future episode, go on anchor.fm where you can leave a... Um, 
voicemail for us. So you can go to anchor.fm slash flute, and then you can leave a message there or get the Anchor app, like uh, as an anchor for a boat, .fm slash flute. So yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, what most people do in January, New Year's resolutions, getting a new instrument, or like where to start, particularly with the flute. So I know you have some insights on that. And then we're going to canvas some questions from you guys after that. We're going to do a little bit of uh, that, though, first. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, January, people do a lot of, uh, you know, it's a renewal, I guess. <laughs> I always feel like that in January and in, in September, because September school year starts. And yeah. The two times of year where I reset a little bit. And um, yeah, so I think a lot of people might have gotten a flute during the holidays for as a present. And so, yeah, we were talking about that this morning, about how, you know, uh, there's many ways to learn now. So let's say, um, is it necessary to have a lesson every week? We were talking about that. Some people might uh, like to have a lesson every week to give, um, might help them to practice and to work towards a goal and might be easier for them to do it like that. But you could also journal and say, okay, every Saturday I check where, I, where I'm at. I practice the whole week and then on Saturday I evaluate myself on should I keep the same study or change it? Should I, uh, you know, go to the next level in my method? And like now there's a lot of things outside out there that can help you learn on your own, like our method. Mm -hmm. You can do a lot on your own without a teacher, but maybe you want to take a lesson here and there just to make sure you're not getting bad habits. Totally. Or because you, we don't see ourselves. So that's where a teacher can come, hand, come in handy because... Sometimes it's a tiny, tiny thing someone mm -hmm. will tell you and you're, oh, it makes a huge difference, you know? Exactly. But yeah, maybe you'll need four lessons a year. Yeah. And at you the can beginning. be autonomous on, mm -hmm. on the rest if you use a method that's well constructed. Constructed. Yeah. yeah. And it's like like yeah. I think ours is yeah ours is pretty pretty amazing. We thank you to everybody who's gotten it. There's been a very very yeah. well recepted. Uh, it's so the first round. Yeah, we just released it this past month and it's done very very well. And so that's really for beginners a good starting yeah. block. I wish I had a starting block like that. You know what I mean? That way it kind of leads you to the next step without asking too many questions, and you kind of guide them with the video and the books and and the book. I mean, and yeah. it's pretty a. Uh, pretty linear you can take it as fast as you want or as slow as you want like if you want to take it as a 15 week thing you can do that <laughs> you know yeah. if you want to maybe take it, it would, shorter yeah. it doesn't maybe matter it would it's be up to a you bit, uh, intense but yeah but also some lessons might take you more time Absolutely. than others maybe the first yeah. ones will go pretty fast and then after a while if you want to really play it well exactly you might have to practice a little bit more to yeah. get there because that's how it is when you start something new you get yeah. you get you improve very fast and then the improvement gets a bit slower yeah. with time because things become a bit more difficult but and it's all about doing it often yeah and that's for everyone every level it's better to uh do a little bit exactly often when you want to learn something especially something that's so um kinesthetic yeah you know um, movements and stuff like that exactly then doing it it's better to do 15 minutes a day then mm -hmm. three hours at once yeah even if it's less time but the brain learns better that way totally so yeah like uh, and also people ask about where to get a flute or what type of flute should they get you know if you're starting from nothing you know don't uh, spend ten thousand dollars on one because you might 
not want to play it you know <laughs> like after a while yeah, i might you not don't get know it. if you like no no so you should definitely like try to get a budget flute see how you feel you, you can get a lot of stuff done on a budget flute there are some people yeah. who i know that played on very old flutes that uh are student model flutes and they and sometimes well. a good a good second hand yeah, as long as it's too. well maintained like as long as it it's uh yeah. it's not leaking or anything yeah. you can and like uh yeah you can go and check out the flute center of new york yep. they have used they yeah have they've new. used as well it's true yeah they've yeah. used and new you can use our code tfc there you can also call them or go on their website flutes the number four sale.com yeah that helps the us a lot too and they're very well informed they have a huge inventory massive every single company old and new pretty much exists there mm-hmm. um and you can get uh, pretty good prices there's also obviously other things too i know a lot of people do ebay and all those things but uh those come with risks and with uh with the flutes in new york you have to try them out for at least i think 10 days yeah i think yeah. so so that's pretty cool uh, up to three or four flutes, and then um, and there are flute yeah. repairs there, so I guess that yeah, they do repair the there too. Should not leak when they get yeah, yeah. They usually play it, test it everything. Be, they play yeah. test everything and make sure everything's so, okay. Yeah. So there's those. Because if you buy from a person, you yeah. don't know if it's been in a wardrobe for ten years, and maybe right. you need to re exactly. Yeah. You just don't know. So there's a risk know. according to that price. Uh, and that works worldwide for, for everybody. So you should definitely give that a shot if you're looking into getting something. I'm not sure about their student model flutes, but they have some used flutes, I think, that are yeah. pretty like baseline price, I think. But you have like to call we, them. We also have uh, goals for the year. I'd like to uh, do the, the follow up on the on the method. Yeah, I just saw a question about that in the so comments, like whether or not we have that. You know, yeah, the intermediate book. Yeah. Yeah, because the first book goes from the low D to the third octave D. Sure. Like you get two octaves of flute, all the mm-hmm. all the notes, and I thought that's enough to start and make sure that you know you read the notes well and yeah. the rhythms, and you really soak it in. And mm-hmm. then on the next book, I want to go all the way up and all the way down, like you know all the notes, three octaves from C to C. Sure. I want to add some scales. And, um, you know, um, add some different rhythms, a little theory things. Like I have an idea where I want to bring people mm-hmm. for the next one. I just have to uh, now sit down and, you know, pick sure. the pieces mm-hmm. and see in what order I teach things. And But that's I love doing that. So cool. that's exciting. Yeah. So, yeah, let's get down to questions because I know there's a lot of them. <laughs> so I'm going to try to canvas a couple as we go along. Um, obviously, I want to have something else to add. To yeah, I wanted to say another thing I want to do is uh, make more music videos because mm-hmm. I like mm. doing that, sure. doing it, and I think uh, I think people liked it too. So yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, okay, how many? What do you got here? How many do you were? Oh, I guess how long have you been playing the instrument? Wow. Oh, uh, twenty-seven years. There you go. Is that possible? You're better at math than I am. <laughs> yeah. 27 years my god uh, what else do we <laughs> got here we got have you already done uh, the practice session on the ballad by Perlu and three pieces for flute and piano by Debussy well not definitely not the Debussy I think the but we have done we did yeah because it's part of the French book yeah I yeah. think we did adjust practicing but not the Debussy yeah we'll definitely have to look at the Debussy because I've never heard of the Debussy one for Me flute and piano maybe it's yeah. an arrangement it has to be an arrangement three pieces it sounds like three pieces for clarinet is probably what that is maybe oh, okay maybe it's a trans uh, transcription maybe. yeah let us we'll know look Anne. Into it. yeah yeah we'll look maybe into just uh and we'll see and we'll try to put in the pipeline the thing with 
you know, requests and stuff like that is that we get, we have such a large, large line of pieces and we have to kind of pick and choose which ones are going to kind of not have a big impact, but like just, you know, time wise of actually yeah, organizing yeah. it and all those things. A lot of factors play into that. Um, but eventually we'll get through everything. Yeah. Just with time, time you, know? you know? Yeah. <laughs> we're here forever for as long as we well. can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, another one. What do we got here? Choo, choo, choo. Everybody wants to know who I am. I'm just co-host flute. Uh, nom, nom, nom. My name's not flute, but if you have just arrived here on the flute channel, we've been here for five years, but I'm just co-host and help produce stuff and another flutist as well. And your name is Nick. That's yeah. Not flute. <laughs> Nick. Exactly. Mr. Flute. Like I said at the beginning <laughs> of the show. <laughs> uh, what kind of flutes do you have? Joe Merchant wants to know what type of flutes we have. We have a bunch of different flutes. We're not, we're not, uh, we're not, uh, well, you are. You're a bit, uh, you're, you have one brand that you kind of follow. You have an alto flute that's a sankyoi and you have a regular flute that's a sankyoi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I have a we head have joint a, that's a handmade head joint yeah. from uh, Another company. Wimberly, who doesn't make it anymore, but it's right. a pretty good head joint. But I, I like it. Yeah, yeah they're and nice. And then um, I have a Yamaha piccolo. Yeah, you have a Yamaha piccolo. And then I have a Yamaha flute. And we have a bunch of uh, flutes from other stuff, too. Like flutes that people, companies have given us that we're sort of <laughs> trying to get rid of eventually. Hopefully, we'll do some giveaways during yeah. 100,000. And uh, I know we're about to hit 80,000, which is really good. 80,000 subscribers. It's pretty amazing. Huh, what else have we got here? Do you have any ooh, do you have any lessons for intermediate students? <clears throat> you see like the book will be that, but I I was thinking about that recently, like maybe with whatever content we have, I can, might make a playlist okay. of how you could possibly like any of the pieces from just practicing and actually like do a playlist of like difficulty going from mm, the easiest to That's smart. You know, that way they can kind of practice with you during that because we don't have that playlist i don't think anybody's made a playlist uh through the public but um that would be cool if that was the case it saves me time <laughs> yeah but i'm definitely going to look into that because that's a really good um an idea really good idea and a good use of the playlist feature here on youtube i also saw another one about what is the trick damien wilson wants to know what is a trick to playing fast on the flute <laughs> okay there's there's different things that play there's um mm -hmm. the ergonomy of your body like um, making sure things are in line so that it moves smooth, mm -hmm. smoothly. Because if, uh, if let's say your wrists are um, too, um, you know, the movement is too ample on your wrists, mm -hmm. it's not going to move as well. So that's the or any any part of your body. You know, if things are more in line, it's going to move better. And then. Um, there's also the brain aspect of making new connections that make that motor that that motor pattern uh, very easy. You know, just a second nature. You don't have to think about it. Right. Your fingers go by themselves. So there's repetition involved in that, and not only repetition um, in one day, but like like I, like I said before repeating day after day mm -hmm. and kind of forgetting and going back to it you know so that things become uh, automatic you don't right. have to think about it and then there's little tweaks like i i discovered uh, rotation in the last few years and it's amazing how much it helps mm -hmm. to use the arm instead of only the fingers because the fingers don't really move on their own they're supported by the 
by the arm. Right. So when you do a very slight rotation, we have a video about that. I think it's like how to move your fingers faster. Yeah. Something like that. It's a very good video. Like it's definitely something to look look through and kind of dissect slowly because there's a lot of information in there. Yeah. For so such a short video. <laughs> just rotating. You can go so fast and you don't, don't get tired. Right. So um, if you have pain and things like that, it's not part of the... There's a, some romanticism <laughs> in involved in um, pain and mm. and uh, musician, you know, learning music. Mm -hmm. That people tend to think, oh, if uh, if it hurts, it's because uh, you're becoming better. Or if it hurts, you're a real artist. You can't become an artist without pain. Or mm -hmm. and there's movies like that no, where go to the it's painful and you bleed and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, once your body is not working anymore, how is it going to be helpful? Yeah. There's also, <laughs> I just read uh, recently that there's new research now from musicologists saying that uh, the um, that Beethoven actually could hear all of his symphonies. All the symphonies he wrote to his r point of writing, he, he only until like the very end of his life did he actually start losing his hearing completely. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, even new research, like, there wasn't this vibration. He actually could hear... Like he was composing things later in life, his later whatever sonatas or string quartets or piano well, sonatas that were really vibrant. Really hear. Actually, th like I just said, like oh, this yeah. past week, they've been done. Musicologists have now realized that through journals, through all those things, that he was actually just perfectly okay still. Then not perfect, but no, there was still. He, he but started, he could hear. He started losing it around it's old thing. twenty-eight years old. So. But to go back to so. that was. Uh, you know, we associate like, oh, he was going deaf, so his music must be better, or you know, like the pain thing. Like the people were the romanticism, you know. Pain. Yeah, yeah, I see. I see what you mean. And there's a lot of new new history now coming out from musicologists and stuff like that from a lot of those old uh, type of things. Some things have been romanticized, yes, big time. and and all those movies are not good. It's a bit like you know. No, it's entertainment. It's not that they're not good. They're just entertainment. You know, you have to take it as entertainment the, uh, value. Yeah, but what I mean is they're not good for our our psychology yes. as as totally as musicians, especially if you're learning. If you're young, when I was younger, I used to romanticize a lot yeah, on things. Yeah, me too. And, um, Don't we all? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, and so. You have this idea, oh, it hurts, so I'm really mm -hmm. work. It's not a workout and your muscles are sore, you no. know? Exactly. It's You should be able to play a long time without pain. If you yeah. have pain, then you have to figure out why and yeah. figure a better way. Because some people get to a level of pain that causes them... There's a name for that disease. It's like, oh my God, atony or something. I don't remember Atrophy? the name. No. But... <laughs> It's when you have so much pain that oh. your brain cuts the signal from, let's say, this finger to, to your brain. So now yeah. your brain, hmm. your finger doesn't respond anymore to, oh, okay. to the command wow. of, of your brain. So pain is, you, you shouldn't go towards it. Mm -hmm. It's a signal. You, you have to listen to your body. And if there's pain, it's it's uh, your body saying something and you have to listen and try to figure it out. And y if you can't figure it out on your own, try to find someone who's knowledgeable about posture, about, um, or, you know, read things or yeah. check online. Educate yourself for sure. Because pain is a signal. Yeah. It's not bad in itself. It's just saying, hey, you're not using your body the right way. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. It's the same as uh, people who overexercise and then they get... Uh, totally stress fracture and then they can't uh, move for a few months like how is was that helpful mm -hmm. you, know, you have to listen to your body and mm -hmm. you know um yeah cool
Joe Merchant wants to know, uh, I'm looking to be a professional flautist, and I was wondering what's a good professional flute? There are so many. The problem oh, is yeah. there's so many makers now, and there's new makers, So and some are super expensive, some are not, you know, so you've got top 10, right? You got like Prima Sanko, Miyazawa, Yamaha, Muramatsu, uh, the TJ Flutes, uh, Powell, uh, Sonares, Haynes, uh, also, so many. There's also people who work independently, like, uh, what's his name? He came to that's the a, Well, that's, like I said, I don't know, once. I can't remember the name, so there's so many. There's like 10 of those, too. Yeah. You know, but those are ultra expensive, so, yeah. you know, those are like the Maseratis of flutes, you know, like they're yeah they're, so that's there's so they're many amazing. different prices yeah they're amazing uh there's also there's so many flutes you can just name just go on their is any it, website is it worth it like i didn't do that i just took you're asking a big question you're yeah. asking a big question <laughs> is it yeah. worth going to uh let's say um a big flute convention where all the makers are if you're looking to buy a flute and let's say the convention's not too far from where you live like is it worth going and this way you can really try everything because I don't Pretty know. much everyone's there, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. That depends on the type of person, right? Because those types of places, you will have it's intense in the convention room, but you can reserve a um, time slot in their hotel room with the flute off hours. But usually those uh, get filled up very fast. Um, and then you, you know you have to deal with each individual brand, and they're trying to sell you the flute, so they're doing their pitch. You know, it's all this. Yeah, yeah. If you're mentally uh, capable of doing like conventions like that and playing in front of people, and then trying to book a spot to try to get that flute, and then it's they're gonna push it even tough more in a room filled with people to know like how does yeah. it sound. But people do it. do it. Um, but like I said, uh, things like the Flute Center in New York kind of makes t- takes care of that for you and sends you flutes, it's and then true. you can just do it that way. Yeah, it's yeah. simpler. So there's a lot of professional brands. There are forever yeah. flutes. You just have to take care of them. The more expensive the flute sometimes, the more the repair costs are because of uh, cost of material and cost of time because it's handmade. Some of them, say it's a $20,000 flute or $30,000 flute, you're going to probably spend about another $1,000 every year And you get a lower up. return yep. on investment like when you yeah, get to it's a, a certain fact. level. It's, like, a, yeah, it's totally true. And I think we stress a bit too much about that. Yeah. Like a good flute will make... If you're a good flutist with a good flute, yeah. you're going to sound good. Yeah. And there's a story. I don't know if it's a real story or if it's a, uh, something invented of... Um, um, what's his name? Um, he was uh, at the at the <laughs> Berlin Symphony. I'm not sure a lot of people have been to Berlin Symphony. <laughs> That's a um, big question. If you don't, Maybe for a story for another time. Well, whatever. That someone <laughs> yeah, said, oh, your flute remember. sounds so good. And he was insulted. So the next day he came with a beginner Yamaha. Okay. And he recorded with that. And he's like, it's oh. not my flute that sounds good. I sound good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure who that was. I think was. it's um, Galway. Yeah, that's a story I've heard. I don't know. I've never checked with him. I don't. I never talked with him to ask if it was true. But it's yeah. a story that I heard. But... I could imagine that he would sound like him on any flute, you know? Sure. Any flute that's not leaking and that's in okay shape, he mm-hmm. can make it sound good. Yeah, so hopefully that answers your question. But, like, yeah. of course, if you have a better flute, it's it's easier to make it sound yeah. good. And it's less, you know... Yeah, it also just depends on the flutes because some flutes just don't fit people's... Yeah. Um, so you have to try a bunch of different ones to see which one fits your, totally. your need. And totally. then you get used to your own and you sound good on your own. Mm-hmm you know um yeah exactly Flo wants to know uh what are your tips on intonation i've already watched your video about it but i don't get it 
What are some good tips about intonation? I think in that video, I kind of forgot, well, or I should make another one about how to tune. Because I, I said how to stay in tune, but I didn't say how to tune in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. most flutes shouldn't be all the way in because it get it's too high this way. So you get have to take it out a little bit. So you can have a tuner and check, play a few notes on your flute and mm. check if you have to take it out to make it a bit uh, flatter or push it in to make it a bit sharper. Mm. Um, and when you play with piano, you have to listen to the A. I yeah. like to do A and D because if you use the right hand, the left hand only or both hands, it's, it's mm-hmm. different tendencies on the instrument. So I like to do a couple of notes, mm-hmm. but usually people use the A. And then... You have to tune first. And then you have to learn the tendencies of your instrument. So I think lear- practicing with a tuner can be a good thing because mm-hmm. this way you learn, oh, this note's a bit flat, this note's a bit high. And then yeah. you have to compensate. Totally. Yeah. Another thing could possibly be like, like you said, with tuner work, um, especially when you start at the beginning, you don't, you hear intonation, you're like, what's that? Um, a lot of people work with intervals. So if you look up intervals, uh, you can play intervals in between each other and learn their tendencies between uh, those two notes so you'd have to try it almost every combination of to yeah. kind of understand where things are going so you go one note to the other and then go back and forth and then see whether or not you have to adjust whether or not you need more air all those types of things with the tuner uh, intervals are a huge help for beginners because most of the time we don't never play with people <laughs> like for most of the time yeah. we practice alone especially beginners we don't have an ensemble we if don't have, have any of those things with a drone you can yeah Let's say you do a D major scale, you can put a D. Yeah, a drone work can just work. Just a D that's held like a Yeah, a drone. There are drone makers. And then makers. you play your scale. But I feel that with my beginners, sometimes they don't hear it. But when they see the, the little line yeah, on, the, on the with tuner, tuner. Yeah. and they see it's too low and they push it back up, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, that's how it's supposed to sound. And then they make the, the um, connection between what they see and what they hear. Exactly. So it's helpful. Yeah. But then, yeah, then you have to work on your ears and play notes and try to match the note. Yeah. You know, starting just with unisons, yep. matching the notes. But yeah. that's, that's so you can another... Hear that's an ear development. That's ear a development. Yeah, ear development. Um, and they go hand yeah. in hand yep. because sometimes just totally seeing, you can make the connection. Yeah. I think Stevenson makes a drone maker and it's really quite good. And it's also a strobo tuner. So you kind of, it's meant for guitars, but it's actually very My useful tuner for... tuner is a Bose. Yep. Bose, and Bose it's a, a boss one, yeah. Bus, bus. yeah. And it's for guitars. It's a chromatic tuner, yeah. It's chromatic and it has the drone. And it has a physical needle with and magnets it, yeah. and stuff. So you kind of see a bit more than a digital would. But I'm pretty happy yeah. with it. I think now you can have apps on your phone. Yeah, probably. and even Yamaha has a, but even Yamaha has an orchestral tuner that's eighty dollars that lasts forever. I've had mine for fifteen years and it still works perfectly yeah. fine. And it makes a drone, and it does do drones too. And mine you can even plug it into too a wall and. Not expensive either, and yeah. I've had it for. It's a huge investment. It, or it's maybe? a great investment. I mean, like the the trade off is uh, is very good. Yeah, like the value is super high. I wish I would have had one earlier. Totally, me too. And I knew people who. Um, thought oh if you practice with the tuner it's because you're not really developing your ears and all that stuff and it's not true you need reference you need reference <laughs> like your you brain don't doesn't know, yeah you don't know and yeah. especially on the flute y- yeah how do you know that the c sharp like you yeah. might as well just let's say the c sharp's too high you might as well just <laughs> yeah. um it's always integrate <laughs> the c sharp mm-hmm. like that and think that that's how it's supposed to sound because yeah. that's how you're learning it yeah. so it's uh, ridiculous to say, oh, don't use that. Then you're not huh. really talented don't because learn. 
No, oh, that's a, yeah. You know that whole thing about being talented and no, y- you need a tool. You use mm-hmm. the tool and then you get better. That's totally. all it is. Mm-hmm. No uh, stress about those things. Mm. But then uh, on the video, I think I explained like how to work on getting notes higher and lower. Ah, yeah. With the embouchure and all that exactly. stuff. So that's the technical aspect of how mm-hmm. to adjust once yeah. you worked on your ears. Exactly. So hopefully that answers your question. Uh, Microsoft Word wants to know, uh, what other instruments would you like to play apart from the flute? Well, we do play other instruments. You play... I play piano. Yeah. You play a little guitar and recorder. Um, and yeah, a recorder. Like xylophone. Like recorder. <laughs> you play a little bit of the yeah. those things. I like, like percussions. Yeah. Um, we have a cajon and I'd like to yeah, do some cajon, stuff with that. Percussion stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I'd like to uh, get a little, um, ukulele. Yeah. Ukulele. ukulele is guitar cool. is fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not very good at guitar, but I, uh, yeah, you play a little bit and yeah. you sing and sing. Yeah, we sing, I like singing. we sing, play flute. So yeah. Yeah. We both sing. We play, you can play any instrument though. I guess, uh, flute's there obviously, but I'd like to play like, uh, I don't know. I think you play other, other. Um, yeah, I can play other instruments. I'm not that great at it, but yeah. Maybe you should get Clarinet some and that all those are things like now with the. Yeah. Like uh, even a cheap one just yeah. to uh, have fun. Exactly, but yeah, I. Yeah. I play a little bit of trombone because when I did yeah, music trom- education, yeah. I played I brass had to too. Learn other instruments, mm-hmm. band instruments. So I learned trombone and percussion. Yeah, I learned mellophone, and and percussion. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So hopefully that answers your question. Is there an easy way of cleaning? Bailey wants to know, is there an easy, easy way of cleaning your flute, especially in between the keys? Uh, Not really. <laughs> I wouldn't really clean you in between the keys because huh? you can cause some problems uh, because how you apply pressure. Some of those key work is very, very thin and very fragile. Um I used to do something that you can really told rip your pads. Yeah, don't do anything. I used yeah. to go between the keys. I didn't touch the pads. Yeah. And take. <laughs> but you always touch the pads, <laughs> yeah. no matter what. <laughs> I would dip a little Q-tip in alcohol and go. Not good. And then I would take a so- um, dry one and just dry mm, it out. But no. I don't do it anymore because you said to stop yeah, it. Yeah, don't do that and because honestly, what do, what difference does it make yeah it's all cosmetic and when you take it to a cleaner or repair shop they do an ultrasonic bath and everything take everything apart and then at that point it should be okay but going into that region you can leave residue like especially with a q-tip it leaves uh particulates that go onto the pad and then pad rips because the pad is super super thin it's double layered but it's uh doesn't mean that the first layer should be ripped and then it's still okay no it's just it's super thin they needed to double layer it to make it Mm -hmm. seal properly for most traditional pads Unless you have a professional flute, then you're asking a different question. But yeah, take it to a cleaning deck. Sometimes uh, you can do just a clean for 80, 100 bucks and it's clean for a year. So you can try that out. That could be a good, uh, a good uh, alternative mm-hmm. uh, because there's so many fragile things in there. If you're using something that's not, there's, there's not really a tool that does it. <laughs> I can't, uh, I can't advise for that. Um but like around, you know, on the base of the, the flute a little bit, obviously. But like, I know what region you're talking about, like in between the keys and just behind the keys and stuff like that. I would be very wary don't of that. Don't touch it. Be in, very careful. Yeah. Because you can leave residue sure, and don't yeah, touch don't touch it. it. Yeah. And if it becomes dark or it doesn't affect the sound. So it no, it doesn't. We shouldn't just touch it, it. It does affect the sound as in, oh no, not the, the dirt doesn't affect the sound. Yes, it doesn't. Because it's outside. Yeah. There could be buildup. If there's buildup of like little dust and stuff like that and like black and little things that you see go and get it clean because taking those things out you're actually adding more things or making it worse and then yeah. it can cause problems 
What else do we got here? Hi from the Philippines. Hello. <laughs> There's so many people from oh, everywhere. Let us know where everybody is. I love uh, knowing that. What's, uh, where do we got here? We got a couple more questions we'll do. Uh, does practicing while, oh, this might be a good one. Does practicing while listening to a, the piece a good thing, Weeping Willows? I think so. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's really helpful sometimes too, in fact. But you it shouldn't is. replicate, you know. A lot of people, they listen and try to replicate, you know, and so they sound like the player that they were listening to. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter though. You have yeah. to imitate to, to begin. <laughs> imitate to And create. then once you imitate it, you can build yourself. You know, we all learn through imitation and then... You don't have to sound like someone else, but if you uh, like an idea, you can also just steal it and it doesn't matter. Yeah, totally. But I think it's also good to uh, do it because sometimes let's say you have a rhythm mistake that mm -hmm. you learn and you'll notice right away, oh, I'm not with the other player anymore or mm -hmm. it can give you some um, for phrasing, for different things. It can be a good good way to do it, you know. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's not the like it's one way to practice. It's not the only way, but it can be very helpful. I've I've done it, but again, some people are against it because yeah. they say, "Oh, you you won't develop yourself." But right. it's not true. No. And there's a very good book that's that goes in that direction. It's still like an artist, mm -hmm. where he says, "Artists start by taking ideas from others, yeah, and then they make their own." But totally. we all steal, and we all uh, get inspired mm -hmm. even sometimes without without our knowledge mm -hmm. it's true uh just qu another quick one alicia seblan wants to know is it normal for the flute to blacken and any tips on how to sight read a uh, flute can blacken it's totally okay it's just it's oxidization uh, uh, or not oxidization it's some um, people are more acidic, it's a tarnish I yeah think? it causes a tarnish and yeah. like it's not a big deal i know some people who have completely black flutes because of that and they, yeah. the flute plays My perfectly first fine teacher and his sound was amazing and yeah. everything so uh, sight reading faster. Practice more sight reading. I guess you know, learn, get, yeah. print new pieces. We have availability now online. You know, to get any tune you want, print it and see I what you can do. I would say studies. That helps. Studies. Studies help. Is totally. a very good way. Yeah. Like learning a study a week. Yeah. Try to find you know your proximal zone of development, which is just <laughs> hard enough, but yeah, not baseline. too hard. Yeah, you know. Like, yeah, that's so smart. So that you're challenged, but not too challenged, and then mm -hmm. try to learn one a week. You can learn, and it doesn't need to be perfect. No, but because if you wait for perfection, then you're not working on sight reading anymore. So you get it to a good level, and then you learn another one, and then you learn another one. Another thing is try to see distances between notes instead of reading each note. Yep. So you have a s you have a note on a line, and then a note on the next line. It's a third. You know it's a jump of a third and you know C E or D F or E G mm -hmm. and if these things become quick or seeing a fourth, a fourth is from a, a space to a line or a line to a space and seeing what it looks like. Those types of things can be very helpful. And then if you learn your scales, your scales in thirds and your your um, arpeggios, then you know them and you can make the link between those that you know well and how they what they look like on a page you know mm. because those are like drawings and it's um it's about yeah mm. you know go knowing the the pattern of that drawing what does it look like mm -hmm. yeah. if it's a note next to each other or if there's jumps mm -hmm. 
So, yeah. yeah. And you can also just take a music in your bed and read. Yeah. Say the name of the notes as fast as you can on any. Just take a book uh, and say C, F, G. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways for sure. Yeah. Hopefully it helps. Um, my flute, Ilias wants to know, my flute keeps playing the octave down and it's so airy. Uh but I guess they're supposed to play the regular, like where they're supposed to play. They're supposed to play the octave higher. Yeah, it's not your flute. It's probably because you're not sending fast Faster air. air. Yeah, it doesn't matter about the embouchure, really. Well, it does matter, but you're missing the other element, which is the air. Yeah. Because usually if, let's say, your F first octave comes out, the mm. F second octave should come out too. It's probably not the flute. It's probably just because you're sending cold, uh, warm, slow air in the low register. It sounds good. And then when you want to go higher, you need to use colder air, faster air, mm. and it should work, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. There you go. Hopefully it helps. Uh, Joe wants to know, I have a lot of trouble maintaining control of my piccolo. It constantly wants to go down an octave when I play piano, but when I play forte, it spikes, sort of. Please help. That's air support. Yeah, I think it's air so support So probably too. when you have less air, you tend to support it less. Mm -hmm. But when you have less air, you have to support it even more. And when I say support, I mean using the muscles, uh, your belly muscles, you know, to mm -hmm. make sure that the air is at a, at a good speed. So you have less air, so, yeah. you need even more of that speed mm -hmm. and of that support uh, with those muscles. When you have a lot of air you can just open more and let it out there's almost i feel when i play piano there's more tension to really hold the little bit of air that's going out when i play forte it's less tension it's just mm -hmm. coming out you know is it how you do it yep yeah pretty much yeah it's pretty much that so we tend to think there's more tension when it's loud and less when it's soft but it's kind of the opposite it's Mm -hmm. It's not like, uh, let's say we talk, we say... Sh -sh -sh exactly. And then la la la, yeah. we, it's not the same because with the flute, you want to have the same intonation. You want mm -hmm. It's a, another thing. Cool. Yeah, so we'll do two more questions or three more questions and then we'll call it a uh, podcast for this this month. Um, so yeah, um, what do we got here? We got, how do I get my flute to buzz or reach that or reach what my teacher calls the sweet spot? Well... The sweet spot isn't a buzz, I don't think, but the sweet spot of a flute, you know, like where the tone, I guess, is where that's, yeah. you know, achieving that. Long tones is a good thing to try to find yeah, those long things. Tones. Maybe find your best note. Yeah. And on that note, check in the mirror how your mouth is and all that stuff, you know, what mm -hmm. what you're doing. Usually, if you keep that embouchure throughout the different... Um, octaves of your flute all the registers right it should be pretty well mm -hmm. sometimes what i see the most is people overwork and change way too much the embouchure between different between uh, the different registers mm -hmm. and if you keep it pretty much the same as on that note that sounds good yeah mm -hmm. and maybe your teacher when when he or she means a sweet spot, maybe it's because you're sending the air a bit too much like an open V. Yeah. And you need to do a close V and find exactly where to send the air on, on the embouchure plate, you know, so that maybe it's a bit more focused and sent mm -hmm. in the right spot. Yeah. So you can check in the mirror 
there's a little bit of um, like watery, uh, you know, on the embouchure. You yeah. can check, you know, where it where it's at and maybe condensation. Yeah, a little bit check of that, the condensation. Uh, and yeah, and see where it's at and just play with it and mm -hmm. listen at the same time. And exactly. oh, here it sounds good when I do it like that. The mirror can be a very good help. Yep, totally. Um, so before we answer the last two, three questions, just to remind you guys, if you're a beginner, you're starting off here at the Flute Channel and stuff, we have a new book. You can go check that out at musogy.com. So M-O-U-S-O-G-Y.com. Uh, it's also in the description. And you're selling your book there, which is uh, 15 Lessons for Flutes, or uh, 15 Lessons for uh, Flutists, uh, yep. beginner edition, uh, which is a PDF, but also you can buy the book as well and a whole entire package of uh, lesson videos, playback tracks, loop tracks, all those types of things for a very, very good price. And um, it's still on sale right now for at least, I think, a couple more weeks. And then we're going to try to go back to the regular price for a little bit. But uh, we've had an amazing response with that. So you can definitely go to musagy.com. So M-O-U-S-G-Y.com. That helps support us directly because it's uh, directly to us. So, you know, it uh, helps us make more videos, helps us make more books and yeah. uh, inspires us to make more new content and leave a review too there as well. Uh, also, uh, for this podcast, be sure to go to Apple Podcasts and uh, leave a review for us. It really helps us out if you go and leave a review there. Also, recommend this podcast to a friend, another flute friend. Uh, try to make it a goal every month to recommend it to one or two people. It'd be really great because we love having more of you here, and we get to discuss more and find new uh, new uh, people and new things uh, to help people play the flute or play any uh, music uh, that they want. And also, uh, the Flute Center of New York, if you're looking for a flute, you can go to uh, flutes the number four sale.com and use the code TFC uh, at checkout to try up to three or four flutes. Uh, they have a trial that you can do with that code, and you can try the flutes uh, for up to 10 days. And it's a really great thing. You can also call them, and uh, they have the world's largest selection of flutes uh, used as well, too. So you can definitely, they're all flutists there, and you can chat with them either online or through the phone, and they'll be very helpful once you mention that code. And it also helps us out. Yeah, it's a convention based, obviously. Code, yeah. So thanks. Yeah, a lot it really of helps have us used a lot. It and thank oh, you yeah, so much. Super, super amazing. That definitely helps us out directly again. And uh, if you want to help us even more beyond that, you can go to patreon.com slash the flute channel, and there you can uh, tip us uh, every month $2 or whatever amount you want and that helps us again directly to make more content and help us uh, um, you know be here on the channel more often and do more things like that I think that's all the things that we have and then we have our store you can go to Teespring um, the flu channel or you can go store.theflutechannel.com and that goes to our merch store which is other merch besides the books and academic material which is like our poster which is our flute fingering chart poster all of our shirts and merch uh, we have mugs and stuff in the background. You might not see it, but we have uh, hats and all those types of things, which really uh, a lot of you have also gotten as well. And that, again, helps us tremendously. And so thank you for that. So last couple questions, and then we'll be calling it uh, the month. So there we go. Um, what do we got here? We got, uh, I have problem. Martin has says, I have problems with my right hand. My pinky hurts and doesn't work as it can. It's very, I have a very heavy flute. Okay, you if your them? pinky hurts, it's probably that there's too much weight on your pinky. Yeah, I think so. Maybe get a flute uh, a, a, a thumb port so that the weight is not on your pinky. Mm -hmm. Also, make sure that sometimes um, on some flutes, the that key gets very hard. Yeah. So maybe you need to go and check. If you see that it's mm -hmm. hard, Yeah. it should be easy. And yeah. if it's hard, you should go to a technician and make sure... 
Yeah, the tension's okay and stuff yeah. like that because it shouldn't be that much. Because it's probably that your your flute is not being held on the proper points. Yeah, it's and possible. So you, the pinky is overworking. Mm -hmm. So maybe a thumb port could be a good help. And also we have a video about uh, flute posture. Yeah. And this way you can really see how to hold your right. flute because holding exactly. the flute is a big thing. Yeah. It seems like something we shouldn't worry about, but we should because. Even if you want, like we were talking about better technique earlier, but if your fingers are busy holding the flute, they can't move as freely. Right. So that's, I should have said that first, maybe, you know, that's mm. the first step yeah. to playing fast. Sure. That your fingers are free. Yeah, exactly. Move. Yeah. Um, what else have we got here? What piece would you recommend for an intermediate player? What's like the most recommended intermediate piece i think like telemon yeah telemon the fantasies are cool telemon fantasies and there's a telemon sonata in f major which there's is some vivaldi sonatas yeah, that vivaldi. Are nice. yeah. um not bach maybe one or two box maybe but like a movement the donald peck book has a lot of uh stuff yeah for intermediate players i think yeah there's a lot of like there's first flute solos those are yeah. pretty it's Those the first that's books. the title of the book and there's uh study books too yeah. that you can look at but our book will have our intermediate book we're, will have we're we'll have a whole entire book that's going to be I think even better because there's gonna yeah. be more explanation and more. Um, I was even thinking we make an intermediate book just of pieces, you know, as well. I like having so that they're both, yeah, but have them both like in there. But like both yeah, both. Studies. But yeah, because what I like about our book is that you have sight reading and rhythm. Yeah, yeah, that's a, another part for sure. And technique and yeah. Instead of buying, because I felt with my students, I was telling them to buy one book for studies, one book for pieces, one book yeah. for technique. I'm like, yeah, why? Yeah, for us, we can make we it can nice. Because we can have and everything yeah. in one. And yeah, it's true. And it's all organized for you to progress yeah. well. And totally. I don't know. So I those are, hopefully that. that helps. Yeah, those pieces uh, can be, there's a lot of those. And I think flute tunes can really help you with that. They, they put everything in levels oh, yeah. as well. And they have like most popular and it's very, it's yeah. a good website. It's an interesting website, totally. Um, Steve Norman wants to know, will it hurt me to jump to a more professional flute if I'm a beginner? No. Yeah, There's no won't. danger of getting a better flute. Yeah. <laughs> like a, yeah. a flute that's sometimes like your flute can hold you back if it's not good enough, but a better flute mm -hmm. is not going to exactly. be a problem. And last question, um, is where was it? Oh, uh, is your beginner book? Is your uh, beginner book good for intermediate players as well, or are there better books for that? I think an I intermediate player, I don't know what you mean by intermediate. That's the thing. Yeah. Like that book goes from the low D to the third octave D. Yeah. So it's two octaves of flutes yeah. only, but if you want the, yeah. there's good pieces in it. There's good studies in it. Yeah. The studies it's itself are pretty amazing. If you're not a beginner, anyway. maybe the first, the first lessons, you yeah. might go very fast on yep. them. Or skip them, but I think it's good to have a good review. Just listen yeah. and make sure you just review and say, "Oh, because maybe and you're doing things right, you know, like the they have rhythm stuff in there and yeah. all those things, you know." So I think yeah. it's not necessarily a bad thing no. because having very strong basics, bases is always the best. Yeah. Because I feel that even when I play, I always go back to the bases. Yeah. The basics mm -hmm. of yeah, flute, basics and of once flute. once you have that, really, it's yeah. always the same. Exactly. Things. So, um, just yeah. know that it's that register that we work on, but mm. there's a lot of repertoire and a lot of studies yeah. and that can be a good, uh, there's a couple of scales 
but totally. uh, you were yeah. gonna make a real intermediate book yeah but i think it's better to go back mm -hmm. than to go to something a bit too difficult and then miss yeah miss some steps exactly so yeah uh oh, one last one this is actually pretty interesting is it hard to move from recorder to the flute it's completely different yeah it is i different. think when you learn a new instrument and you already know one it gets easier yeah because you already know the theory all those things sight reading yeah exactly and there's some 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 fingerings are the same on the recorder and on the flute Mm -hmm. not many <laughs> like mm -hmm. three <laughs> three fingerings i think or yeah. four but um but it's the same principle yeah and yeah it can be a good thing i know that some kids start with recorder and then they move on to mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. yeah you know recorder is a good instrument for young people because it's easy to make a sound yeah it's uh exactly it's a good choice totally Oh, this is actually a really good one. And we'll finish with this one. We promise. <laughs> Thanks for listening and, uh, until the very end, everybody. This is amazing. Uh, John Stump wants to know, is the best practice, is it best to practice even if you don't have the best tone? Practicing with bad tone. Yeah. You yeah. still got to practice. You know, you still got to. That's gotta, how you're going to get a yeah, better tone. That's how you're going to get a better tone. It's true. There yeah. you go. <laughs> but you can also practice your tone. Yep. And also, if you're too stressed about your tone, maybe play with a recording and don't listen too much to it because sometimes sure. when we get over um over uh, conscious about mm -hmm. stuff you know we get self-conscious yep. and stressed and then it gets worse maybe put a recording of a flutist sound that you really like yeah listen to it once then try to play along put it loud enough and don't play too loud and then your body might get in alignment to make a sound that's more like this sound. Sure. Sometimes just trying to imitate without overanalyzing how to mm -hmm. get there. Can be. Can, can help. Be. Yeah, it can help. Yeah. I'm not saying it works all the no, time. No, for sure. But it can be helpful. Why not try it? Yeah. Especially when we're too self-conscious. Yeah. So hopefully that helps everybody. Great. I hope so. What a great show. <laughs> this has been amazing. Thanks everybody so much. So a lot of people have been watching. Be sure to like the wow. video too. Leave a comment in the comment section for the next video. Uh, if you're watching this live or if you're watching this uh, any other time, leave a comment down below and we'll definitely try to canvas some of those as well. And uh, yeah, thanks everybody so much. Uh, be sure to leave a review on uh, Apple Podcasts. That helps us out a lot as well. So thanks everybody. Thanks. Bye. See you next time.